Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Ever, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we are down to our last two Summer Camp Slasher Films episodes. And for both of these episodes, we're in a bit of a mix between Camp Chris and Camp Gary as we look at <laughs> the Sleepaway Camp sequels. Yes, the uh, fairly related to the first one, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Um, so direct sequels. If you uh, haven't already... Uh, we urge you to go back and listen to our episode where we spoke about the first Sleepaway Camp film, I believe, speaking of memory, I think it was episode six or seven, it was around that time anyway, uh, as part of our Halloween classic season. Like a million years I know, ago. yeah, and this is episode 60, yeah. which is insane. Oh my lord. Um, but yeah, so have a listen to that, but if you've already listened to it, then uh, welcome back. And, yeah, how, uh, if you've already listened to it, why don't you refresh your memory? Yeah. Soon as it was a million years well, ago. Well, apparently people are replaying our episodes, so uh, thanks. Glad uh, people like our voices. Um, yeah, actually, we should probably say a big thank you. Last, the last week has been insane for statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, like, over, like, 200 now within the last week, streams and such. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks for... I think a lot of people are catching up. So, I mean, you got a lot to catch up on, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, starting this episode, we're going to talk about Sleepaway Camp 2, released in 1988, directed by Michael A. Simpson, and now this and Sleepaway Camp 3 were both directed by Michael A. Simpson, director of Funland and Fast Food, and they were both made on a combined budget of $465,000. Okay. You could tell it kind of ran out a bit by the time it gets to the yeah. first film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is also... Finland, sorry, Finland and Fast Food. Is that one film or two just films? Just two films. Oh, okay. Two films. Finland uh, it's done and Fast Food. A lot of TV as well. Um, but this, this uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 is also known as Unhappy Campers and Nightmare Vacation 2, which is strange because I can't remember the first one being called... Nightmare Vacation is not title. I believe it was. was it? I believe it was oh, okay. in, in Europe. I think in Europe. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I remember... Which isn't really very true. Well, it's no. Not, it's not really a vacation, is no, it? No, I, I remember picking it up, actually, uh, from CX one time, uh, and just seeing the artwork, and I had no idea what it was. And, of course, I'd already seen Sleepaway Camp 2 by the stage. And, uh, yeah, I was a little surprised to find out it was just Sleepaway Camp just 2. Sleepaway Camp 2. With a, a different different cover, which, which has uh, Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger on it. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Felissa Rose, star of the first Sleepaway Camp film, was asked to return for this entry. Um, but she didn't click with the comedic one-liners and she was preparing to attend college anyway. So she had a lot to focus on. Mm. Um, it's a very different character. Yeah, Angela, yeah. Very different. Yeah. In the I'd... first film, she's very quiet. She barely says a single yeah. word. Um, whereas she never shuts the fuck up in these two films. No, and I, and I think Felissa Rose, you know, did a great job in the first film because that was the type of character she was. Yeah. Um, I mean... I, the only thing I've seen Pamela Springsteen in other than this is Fast Times of Richmond High and that's just a cameo essentially yeah it was a very um, small role she was a um, cheerleader wasn't she yeah with, um, Kelly Maloney Mahoney Mahoney yeah Mahoney um, but yeah I mean but she she's perfect for this role she she fits it really well um, 
Yeah, and it's it's believable that it's her grown up. Yeah, she doesn't extent. look completely different. No. Obviously, we all go through certain changes um, during puberty. <laughs> so I suppose <laughs> it's believable. Um, What's not believable is that she's 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ash. And I'm not sure how old she was when filming this, but she does not look 21. For me, Pamela Springsteen has that uh, quirky, Shelley Duvall sort of sensibility yeah. about her, um, which works well for this role. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, she's got a quirky look to her, I think. She's, she's a beautiful lady, of course, um, but in, in a quirky sense. Yeah. So, the characters in this film are named after 80s uh, film culture icons, uh, predominantly from the Brat Pack. Yes. Uh, can you name a few off the top of your head? Uh, Molly Ringwald, uh, Mayor Winningham, uh, Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, um, all those. Uh, Rob Lowe, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure who's Sean. Anthony Michael Hall. Sean... Sean Astin? Sean Penn? Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, a lot of thought went into the naming of these characters, and it's the same with the third one as well, which we'll get to, uh... They named them after <laughs> certain... a lot of thought, or they were just like, let's pick a category. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends on what you look at it, really. I mean, you know, they don't necessarily look like the characters. No. Although Molly does look like a Molly. She does actually look like a Molly. <laughs> well, this was shot back-to-back with Sleepaway Camp 3, and they were both finished within six weeks. Yeah... It again. It shows in second <laughs> sequel in third film. Yeah, it's like they spend five weeks on this and then a week on Sleepaway Camp Three. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pamela Springsteen is of course the sister of Bruce Springsteen, and uh, she didn't tell anyone she was Bruce's sister during production. And several of the uh, cast members only found out years later that who she was. She doesn't look like him. No. To, to be no. fair, you wouldn't. She say doesn't all. doesn't sing like him either. No, she doesn't. No, bless her. As you can tell at the start of this episode, um, she's a, a photographer now, though. She, she is. She is a follower on Instagram. Yeah, photography work. Uh, this is Chris Jericho's favorite slasher film. Is it? It is. <laughs> and do you know what? This both of these films are the ultimate eighty slasher films. Like, if you ever needed, if anyone needed an example of an eighty slasher film. Just sit them down and watch these. They may not be yeah. the best slashers films from the 80s, but they are the ultimate ones because they have everything. Yeah. They have they, the they one-liners. Do, yeah. They have uh, lots and lots of nudity. They have detailed kills and gore. Mullets. Mullets. Short shorts. Yeah. No moustaches. Heavy metal soundtrack. Heavy metal soundtrack. No moustaches, unfortunately. No. But, I mean, it's hard to top the one from the first film, isn't it? Let's it's face true, it. actually. Uh, body Still count. Favorite, I think. Body count is eighteen. So again, a, a high high body count. Uh, another eighty slasher trope. And yes, the moustache and sleepaway count one is still our favorite moustache. Um, <laughs> if anyone's seen the artwork for sleepaway camp two and three, you might notice it's not Pamela Springsteen. That's because she wasn't available on the day of the photo shoot. So they went ahead and hired Connie Craig instead, who uh, was the model for the artwork. <laughs> and it really shows you know that's not Angela <laughs> it just comes across a bit I don't know like like I said Pamela Springsteen is a beautiful lady in a quirky way not not an obvious kind of yeah. way um, 
Whereas the girls on the front Yeah, Connie, Connie Craig has massive boobs in uh, short, short skin clothing. Very much, she looks very much the, the model. She's doing very much a model pose. Yeah. Um, so I know Pamela, they're saying Pamela wasn't available, but I think, you know, they could have gotten someone who looked a little more like her. Yeah. Um... The sex scene with Ali and Rob uh, was actually the actress Valerie Hartman who plays Ali. Uh, it was her and an extra because Terry Hobbs, who plays Rob, was a minor at the time. And you can really tell, knowing that I was looking out for it, and you can really tell because you could only see the back of his head Yeah. throughout the whole thing. In fairness, I don't think that's what anyone was focusing on anyway. Well, no. You can tell no. you're a gay guy because that's well, what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of Anyone in, in the in the target audience at the time wouldn't have been looking at the guy's head. No, is that him? Oh, he <laughs> so the plot for this film is Angela, supposedly reformed and living under an assumed surname, is working at a summer camp. However, when the campers start misbehaving, she soon reverts to her old ways. And this was released by MGM, which I find really strange. <laughs> Oh, who was the first original release? So I suppose that was independent, wasn't it? Independent. Yeah, yeah and then MGM did the sequel, and two or three anyway. I think the first one must have been a success then. I yeah. Think I remember. I, th- I think it, I remember saying in the episode it was, I mm. believe. Um, I don't know how well these did. There's no nothing online saying how well they did. Uh, but we start with a scream and a campfire story. Well, a few campfire stories. One about a girl named Michelle in the mausoleum. Uh, another about a fried rat. And then finally, one about Angela. Yeah, so we start off uh, the Campfire Tales, TC with the good mullet. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's saying some boring story about Steve hanging from the back of the door, which sounded a bit like Friday the 13th yeah, to me, yeah. but um, it wasn't well, Steve that was the door. that's one thing this film does that's a little ahead of its time. It's very meta. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. There's a lot of inside jokes that other slasher films uh, from its time. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. The original yeah. wasn't a comedy. No. It had some funny moments. But, yeah, but, but not for the right reasons, let's no, face it. Yeah, but because, <laughs> yeah, some of it was. Um, but uh, this is this is a straight up comedy. These two films are, aren't trying to scare you. They're no. trying to make you laugh. Yeah. Well, so, I'm assuming they do. <laughs> I so, mean, they made me laugh. So what's the story he's telling about Angela? Well, that, no, she, he's not telling about Angela. It's uh, it's Phoebe, isn't it, who starts telling the story about Angela? Yeah. Well, just the, the story of the first film, um, where she was raised as a girl by her aunt, went to the camp, and no one liked her. Um, basically, she ended up killing people, and they found her naked on the beach. Yeah, they'd speak about every single kill from the first film, except where, uh, oh, what's her name? The bitch in it, who, uh, our favourite character. Judy. Judy, except where Judy, Judy gets straightness up her fanny. Yeah. They, 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 the fail, they fail, to, leave, they fail yeah, to mention that bit. They do. But there's always that. in the shower, arrow through the neck, but not the hair straightness of no, the vagina. No, but there's always uh, that thing going around that she's supposed to survive that anyway, that there's a chance she'd come back for a sequel sometime. Oh, Okay. So maybe they're leaving it out for that. Um, but they, uh, Angela walks in on this uh, on this conversation. She's absolutely fuming. Um, and she takes uh, Phoebe out to the woods whilst Sean, who is another counsellor there, he continues the story and says that his dad is a cop and he was uh, 
the, one of the cops who arrested Angela and uh, he tells everyone that she's now had a sex change. Yeah, so they go into great detail about the first film. Yeah. But don't actually remember Angela's name. No, no, no one remembers her so name. So she gets misgendered and called Peter because they can only remember Peter. Yeah. Um, but they can't remember that her name's Angela. So a lot of this film is <laughs> occurs because they're very bad at remembering transgendered people's, you know, preferred name. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, with the first film, we, we did mention on that episode how problematic it is with uh, the ending Yeah. Uh, that's revealed that Angela is, in fact, a boy. Um, again, listen to that episode for, for us to go more in detail about that, because, I mean, right now I want to go more in detail about how they treat it in these two films. Um, I mean... <laughs> It's essentially mentioned as a throwaway line to explain explain the way that she's now a, a woman. Yeah, to a certain degree. It's not really something that's... No. You know, repeated again and again and again. It, it's a bit... In fairness, it's a bit like if you just change some of the dialogue for this film, mm. it wouldn't even necessarily have to be a sleepaway camp sequel. No. No. Um, we don't see any of um, Angela's time in the psychiatric ward. No. We don't get any of that. It's literally just a, you know, camp-based slasher. Yeah. So the only thing tying it to the original is this, the idea that it's Angela. Angela's had the complete sex change now. Yeah. Um, but is still a psychopath. Yeah. Which is problematic in itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fact that there's a transgender killer going around, you know, yeah. packing everyone up. Yeah. Um, you know, that is, that's the problem. Um, yeah. But, in another way, this is, whereas that's used as a twist in the first film, so it's a bit more negative, it's slightly better in this, but only slightly, but it is slightly better in the fact that it's not constantly... It's not... They don't make a point of it. Throughout. No, it's they not used for comedy at all. I don't no. remember it being used for comedy necessarily. No, no. Um, no there is not. the misgendering at, at this point in the film. Mm. Um, but it's not... It, it's not used as a joke. No. So, in either of the films, it's, no. it's, it's barely even mentioned in, in the third film. No, it's not. No. I don't think it's even mentioned at all in the I don't think film. it is. No. I, I don't think it is. No, it's a shame because technically Angela's a good guy in that film. Um, <laughs> so Angela takes Phoebe out to the woods. She tells her she's a slut. Uh, she's telling all the boys a story. And then she uh, she hits her with a branch and cuts her tongue out. Now, this... Uh, I had issues throughout these two films. Because I don't know the difference between a branch and a log. I didn't know the difference between a branch and a stick. Yeah, so so it's stick. Obviously, you can't kill anyone with a stick. Branch is a bigger, thicker stick. Mm. And then a log is a very thick stick. Or branch. Yeah, there's a lot of branch killing. There's films. a lot of branch killing. So I was like, is that a branch or is it a log? It bothered me thoroughly throughout these two yeah. films. But that's your first death within the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, we get a title card. She cuts her tongue out as she well, does. She, she cuts her tongue out. Um, cause, uh, what, why did she cut her tongue out? Oh, cause 
chatting shit. That's all I put. Down. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's basically what she says to her. <laughs> yeah. One of the you, first one liners. You talk so much shit. I'm gonna cut your tongue out. So we get the title card and opening credits over um, the amazing theme song. Oh my god, one absolute banger! It's "Straight Between the Eyes" by Anvil, and. It's, I mean, I love all the songs in these two films, yeah. but it's probably my favourite, love it. And, uh, and then after that, Angela wakes everybody up and Ali wakes up topless. <gasps> so Ali's your slut stereotype. Yeah, pretty much. Um, even though Angela thinks anyone who just kisses a person or tells them a story is a slut. <laughs> um, she, so she gets told she has a very hairy nip, doesn't she? <laughs> she so she's, there's a girl who's the tattletale who name I, I never caught, to be fair. What's her name? The one that snitches all the time. Uh, I haven't got it down who said that. So okay, I'm, sure. I'm going to be the snitchy girl. Yeah. So the snitchy girl is kind of like staring at her boobs. Yeah. Uh, when she's in bed, she was like, what are you staring at? And the other girl was like, leave her alone. She's just staring at that long black hair coming from <laughs> one of your nipples. <laughs> Yeah, the insults in this are just as good as the first. Yeah. <laughs> Angela uh, tells them all that she sent Phoebe home. And uh, Angela's unhappy about Ali sleeping with her top off. Mm. And tells her, nice skills don't have to show it off. <laughs> but then they're, they're like, well, who's even watching anyway? Yeah, but we find out the tip patrol's the watching. The tip patrol are watching. <laughs> the tip patrols are two young boys that look like they're about eight years old. Um, and they constantly just perv on girls. They're taking pictures. So there's Charlie and Emilio. Yeah. Which is which is ironic because Charlie and Emilio are... Yeah, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Both sons of Michael... Uh, Michael? No, Martin Sheen. Not yeah. Michael Sheen. Too many Sheens. Martin Sheen. But Rene Estevez, mm-hmm. who plays Molly... Yeah. Is their sister. She is, yeah. So, um, it's quite funny. Does she? Does her career go anywhere after this? I don't believe so. Uh, she was in the Intruder that we watched. Okay. You know the one where they're in the shopping. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Supermarket. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about it. To be fair. Okay. Oh, she was in Heather's. Oh. And single white female. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's about it. To be fair, I think she was very much a genre actress. Yeah. So. Uncle John, who runs the camp, he's upset about the camp going downhill and the kids aren't as nice these days. Yeah. Uh, but Angela assures him there are some nice kids out there. Um, Ali gives uh, <laughs> Ali gives some food to Leah to help her tits grow. <laughs> Leah's the um, girl. Leah's, Leah's the snitch. Leah's okay. the snitch. Yeah, yeah Leah. so Leah. Leah. Leah's watching her again. And, uh... <laughs> and she's Leah, Leah Thompson, isn't she? From, yeah. From um, Back to the Future and... Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard the Duck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not not played by her, but Leah, the name is Leah yeah. Thompson. So Ali gives her some food and tells her it'll help her tits grow. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of breakfast scenes in this film. <laughs> a lot happens at breakfast yeah. time, but no other meals are seen. It's just breakfast. It, well, I mean, the breakfast isn't great because apparently the oatmeal looks as gross as the shit sisters. The shit sisters. Apparently the shit sisters, two of the greatest characters in film history, are always getting stoned. They are. So they're twin twin sisters, um, that look like a really, really rough members of the Bangles. Yeah, 
<laughs> and uh, they, yeah, they're just always getting stoned, and that's all they do. <laughs> it's pretty much I don't even know what their real names are. I don't know. I've just come down as the shit sisters. I, I don't think they've got any dialogue. They, they sing a Barely mock any. version of yeah. the Happy Camper song, but that's it. Literally got none. <laughs> Ali, Ali thinks that uh, Angela is a dyke. Dyke is used a lot in this film. Yeah. To describe Angela. Yeah, as are ever homophobic slurs oh as well. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, again, ultimate 80s film. Yeah. Molly never gets stoned. She's a good girl. She's a very good girl. Yeah, she's, you know she's going to be your final girl. Uh, Angela is crowned Counselor of the Week. And she sings the I'm a Happy Camper song with Molly and Ali. Now... The I'm a Happy Camper song is what you heard at the start of this episode. And uh, what you hear a fair few times through these two films. Yeah, you do, actually. It's pretty iconic to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Angela's favourite song, and they're, they're doing the hand movements and everything for the dancing. She's got a guitar out. She's got a guitar out. She's, she's barely playing it, but she's got no. a guitar out for it. No. Um, <laughs> so... After the Happy Campus song, uh, Sean and Molly share some backstory exposition by the swimming pool. And they do, yeah. Find out all about them. Well, before that, doesn't TC insult Angela? Oh, yeah, he does. So, TC, I think TC's trying to flirt with Angela, and she's having none of it. She's not recognising the signs. Yeah, he congratulates her at first, doesn't he? Yeah, and he says, oh, you're coming to the swimming pool. I know you're off today, but come to the swimming pool. You could do with some work on your tan. <laughs> but um, she admits she's not a good swimmer. No. So that that's the same as the first film. She's yeah. not a good swimmer. Um, so, yeah. Um, Back yeah. at the swimming pool, Rob throws, uh, <laughs> Rob throws Ali in the swimming pool. She Well, she sort of um, premeditates it, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. So oh, I'll kill you. I'll be fuming if you chuck me in this pool. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. Throws her in the pool. Uh, what's she wearing? She's wearing nothing but a long white t-shirt. Long white t-shirt. And uh, she goes over to uh, Sean and Molly and she just <laughs> gets out of the pool. You can clearly see her boobs through her t-shirt and she's uh, making a point of it. Just <laughs> just staring at Sean. <laughs> and he, he's not bothered. He's, he just asks Molly if she wants to go and get a drink. She does her best impression of Linnea Quigley in uh, Dream Master. Yeah. <laughs> she's coming out of Freddy's body, she's just pushing yeah. her boobs out as far as she can. She's trying her best, but he ain't having none of it. He ain't any of it. So, Angela finds the shit sisters drinking and doing a mock version of the Happy Camper song. <laughs> of course, she is not happy with she's this. Absolutely. She spends half the film absolutely fuming yeah. with people. Yeah, by the time it gets to the third film, she was just absolutely done with everyone's shit. Mm-hmm. But in, in this film, some of the characters are a little more likeable, so oh, yeah. you care a little more in this one. Yeah, she actually looks like a villain. So, um, she uh, goes to tell someone about the shit sisters, but uh, they're not really interested. It's TC, isn't it? She tells I think about it. Was it. TC. But she, he's not interested, so she goes back to them, and uh, <laughs> one of them is passed out, and the other one is making out with this random guy who we find out. A lot later on, his name's Matt. Um, I swear she says Ralph. Does she? I have it down as Ralph. Oh. I think he changes names through the film. Yeah, I... Because I, it does look like him at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just this random guy we don't see until he's dead at the end. Yeah. Um, but she tells him to get out of there. And Sends uh, him back in. She does. So she then... Uh, the, the shit sister that was making out of him, uh, she falls asleep. And Angela ties her up 
and she wakes up next to her sister who's been cooked by Angela. Yes. <laughs> She's just charcoal skeleton now. Um, and uh, once she wakes up, Angela sets her on fire too and kills both of the shit sisters. Gone way too soon. Oh, they didn't last very long, did they? <laughs> Um, so one of the girls gets taken home, she plays up, she's had, she's had it, she's had enough of that camp. It's quite a funny scene, so this really bratty girl, she's <laughs> so rude, she's horrible, um, she's painting for some reason, and knocks <laughs> red paint everywhere, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I want to go, I want to go, Um, so we're all kind of hoping that Angela's going to do what she did to everyone else that she sent home. <laughs> Um, but she actually sends her home. Yeah. <laughs> her parents come and pick her yeah. up. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, I think I can arrange that. And then it just cuts to her parents picking her yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> still being a break out. Then Angela tells Uncle John that the, uh, the shit sisters have been sent home, but he is not happy about that one. No. He did not want them gone. So <laughs> Angela tells all the other girls about it as well. Um, but be uh, but before she does, uh, the girls hear something outside, and the boys all burst in and they do a panty raid. Yeah. So An- Angela goes off to have a counselor meeting. Yeah. And the boys come in for a panty raid, uh, which I'm assuming is just stealing. It, it looks like they were just stealing underwear. Lovely. And making loud noises and such. Come on, nineteen eighty-eight. But not Sean though. Sean's too much of a nice guy. He just sits and chats oh, with Fair uh, Molly. Just chat with Molly. <laughs> he, he just he just has a chat with her on the bed. Yeah. Um. He doesn't want her underwear. So. Uh, <laughs> so whilst they're in the panty raid, uh, Angela comes back and catches them. What's she? She is the wicked witch of the West. She's fucking fuming. And She's absolutely fuming. <laughs> she she refers to herself as the wicked witch of the rest uh, of the rest of, of the, the West. Excuse me. Of the West, <laughs> and uh, she explains that she sent the shit sisters home, and uh, she doesn't like being the wicked witch of the West, but she knows what happens when things get out of control. Mm. So once Angela's gone, the girls want to get the boys back, so they do so by doing jockstrap raid. Jockstraps. Yeah, they go and. Get- Grab all their jock straps. Someone's got some on their head, uh, and Mare, uh, she's uh, she gets the tits out and turns round, and Angela's there. And what's Angela? She's fucking fuming, fuming again. She's absolutely fuming again. She just can't keep these girls in order, can she? No, <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's very American jock straps, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to go into too much detail, but I don't really like people still wear them is it just a very 80s thing i i think they're probably wore for different reasons nowadays maybe oh god okay um <laughs> so yes yeah, so. well, i mean we both watched how ben yeah but it's like um freddie's revenge as well but, uh, wow come on really yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm, really the example you're gonna you use i mean um, we have sports shops in the uk and i've never seen a jock strap in there <laughs> I'm assuming it's a sporting thing. But any, anyway, whatever. Um, so, yeah, Mare's there and she says, we want our bras back. If you don't, you'll be seeing a lot of this. And then she shows her boobs. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's not really going to encourage them to give them back, is it? Not really. really. <laughs> so, oh, if you don't give me him back, I'm just going to keep showing my tits. <laughs> so Angela starts driving Mare home, but she stops the car and, uh, you know, she, she tries reasoning with her a little bit. Mare's not having it. Disgusting thing exposing your breasts. Yeah. 
But she wants to give her another chance, but Mare just wants to go home. And she's called Mare. Angela calls her Mary, which she ain't happy with. No, um, it's Mare. Yeah, so Angela starts looking in the back of the car and uh, she says, Oh, what are you looking for? A gun? She's like, No, a drill. And then she kills Mare with a drill. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a battery powered drill. Yeah, it must be charged up. <laughs> it's like a long, uh, what what's that film? Slumber Party Massacre yeah. style drill. I was supposed Slumber Party Massacre was like battery powered as well, because that yeah. thing went everywhere. So, TC, uh, the next day at breakfast, at of breakfast. course, he reads a list of all the things missing, including pants, bras, car battery, rope, and drill. Yes. <laughs> I want sunglasses. Sunglasses. So I don't think Angela has the the jock straps and bra. And no. Uh, but the others, it's, it's quite a funny joke because you know she's got all of them ready to go. And Molly finds Angela singing and playing with some rope straight after this scene. Yeah. Um, by an abandoned cabin, and they have a chat about Sean and how Hallie and uh, Ali, not Hallie, how Ali wants to steal him from her. Yeah, so Ali's the cheerleader with yeah. the big boobs who isn't afraid to flaunt it and all A- that. Angela says she probably has a disease or two. She does actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, like her aunt always said, keep your morals strong and you can't go wrong. <laughs> and as we know, that is definitely something that Angela's aunt would have said. Because yes. we all know what Angela's aunt was like. You've seen the first <laughs> film. And Angela is a virgin and proud to be yes. one. <laughs> Angela gets uh, the uh, blindfold. Oh, yeah. This, so this is game that they're playing where they're blindfolding kids and getting them to fill things in boxes. Yeah. I don't really know why. It's just, a, I think, a campground game where they're like, ooh, snails. Oh, but the, all the hands that come out of the boxes are clean. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite funny because when they get to Angela's one, um, they, uh, the, the camp, the female camp counsellor, who I don't, I'm not really know her name. Diane. Um, she's only in like a few scenes. Diane. Um, well, she asks Angela, what's in your box? And she's like, dead teenagers' brains. And she's like, oh no, really, what's in there? She's like, no, dead teenagers' brains. Yeah. And it just doesn't go anywhere else. No, but they, when... The hand comes out. It's, it's clean. It's a very clean teenager brain. The, cl- the kids are planning a prank on Angela. Oh. And Angela catches the tip patrol kids looking at pictures of her and Ali uh, with the tops off. Oh, yeah. So so the kids, the, the three uh, guys, campers, um, they're planning a pot to, uh, pot? plot to uh, make Angela dookie in her pants. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's what they want to achieve. <laughs> but she's like really close, she's like in the air shot. Yeah. So and I think she looks over afterwards uh-huh. as well, like. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Angela catches the two young perverts with Polaroids of the girls. So Angela in a big bra. Yeah. Ali's like posing for one of the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And she she's feeling about this, so she of course. So she uh, takes the pictures to T C who's in charge of all the boys. Shows him, and his exact response is, nice tits. <laughs> he said he'll handle it. Uh, Angela wants him sent home, but he's not having that. Uh, and he warns her about a prank that the, that the kids are setting up for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In the next scene, uh, one of the kids puts on uh, makeup to look like Freddy Krueger. 
Puts on a hat as well and a Freddy glove. It just looks like he's putting like ham on his face. Yes, yeah, basically. And he says, now this will give Angelo one hell of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's out in the woods getting ready to scare her and uh, he bumps into another kid who's wearing what's supposedly a Jason mask, but it's, of course, a really cheap hockey mask. Yeah. Looks nothing like it. He's got a machete, though. Yeah, and uh, he has to go and take a piss, so he walks off. The Freddy kid has lost his glove, but it's uh, behind a tree stump. And uh, it's actually Angela wearing it, and she slits his throat with the Freddy glove. So, (laughs) I got a few questions about this. When they were plotting this to make her dookie Mm -hmm. in her pants, they were making the stuff. Yeah. Like, they were making the mask Uh and such. So where did he get like the really sharp? Metal? <laughs> yeah. Like, surely that glove should not have been that sharp. <laughs> but it is, and he gets his throat slit. You think he'd looked after it better? I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. How did he lose it? How did he lose this glove? It's like a really heavy glove. So, anyway. So um. So yeah. So he gets killed, and then Angela turns up dressed as Leatherface. She looks like Leatherface, so the face is Leatherface. Mm-hmm. She's got a chainsaw. Um, but, like, what she's wearing, it, it's like a green trench coat. Yeah. And she's got, like, a um, hat on. Yeah, she's got a woolly hat on. She kind of looks like um, the guy from Maniac. The yeah. The way he dresses in, in the original Maniac. That's what it reminded me of. Like, Leatherface wears an apron, love. Not not a big green coat. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I love how they, they had to do these little things to make them different because of copyright. Oh, of course. Like, they of never course. say who they're trying to be. No. Once. no. Um, there's so many notable differences with the costumes, so... The Freddy one's a little close. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't get into trouble for that yeah, one. Yeah, I think one half of the gloves is a different colour to the actual glove. And yeah. he's obviously not wearing red and green sweaters. No. So. Um, but she turns up as Leatherface with a chainsaw and she chainsaws uh, the Jason kid. Yeah. Yeah. And she tells him, once he's dead, that once she starts a task, she always finishes it. She always finishes it. <laughs> <laughs> She's got some great one-liners in this one. It is fun. See, it's a comedy. It's yeah. funny. Ali's in the toilets with, uh, with Rob and he's eating her out. Yes, actually. But she's told everyone she's got some stomach cramps. Got <laughs> stomach cramps. Period. Oh, she just said cramps. Cramps. Yeah. Um, and Angela interrupts them, and uh, <laughs> she uh, she's told that her outfit looks cute, but the blood looks like ketchup. Yeah. So Angela doesn't actually find the dude. No, he so. no, he he managed to hide in the toilet. But she's like, well, you had cramps last week. <laughs> limited to the amount of cramps you can I, I have. have no idea I, I'm not obviously we're not experts to be fair yeah and, and Angela's still got the blood on her she's told it looks like ketchup but then Angela shouldn't be an expert either really. no no not really maybe maybe that's the, the, the joke but, but so the next day TC and Sean go looking for the Freddy and Jason kids and uh Ali tells Molly that she thinks she hates her and that she's being false and she's being nice. Oh, God, Ali is a cunt in this scene. Yeah. I, they seem to get on quite well, but I think the jealousy just took over. And she's really cunty. And uh, she says that Sean's a lousy lay anyway. You'll be perfect together. <laughs> yeah, so Molly's really upset and tells Angela about it. 
unaware <laughs> Angela's a murdering psychopath. Well, Ali says, don't forget to tell Angela yeah. if any look, the dyke will send me home. Yeah, so she, she actually does tell her. Yeah, she tells her straight away. <laughs> um, then Ali and Rob are having sex in the woods. Yes. Um, <laughs> Angela says, Angela goes to find it. She, she's probably fornicating. <laughs> and then we cut to her fornicating. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and after she finishes, she asks Rob if he has AIDS. Because it's the 80s. Listen, you don't have AIDS or anything, do you? No! <laughs> and uh, Ali finds a note asking her to go to the abandoned cabin, of course. She thinks it's Sean. It says Sean on it. Oh, does it? I yeah, didn't see that. Yeah, it says Sean. So she goes there, she thinks he finally wants her, but Angela's there and stabs her in the back. Yeah. Well, she blames Molly to shit, goddamn Molly. And Angela pops out and says, goddamn Angela. <laughs> so uh, Angela stabs her in the back and forces her into the toilet. Yeah. And what does she do in the toilet? She tells her she's been a shitty friend and a shitty camper. <laughs> That's kind of the quote I use more often than any of the others from this film. She then puts her into the toilet, like, fully... Her whole body goes into the toilet. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, tells her there's leeches in there. Leeches, Ali. Leeches for a leech like you. Yeah. <laughs> and Angela drowns her in the toilet. Yeah. And she's got leeches on her face, yeah. hasn't she, when she pops back up. But yeah, she gets a big stick. Or a branch. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. Course. <laughs> and then starts shoving her uh, head under. And she basically drowns, doesn't she? Yes. In poop. Rob thinks there's a connection uh, going on with the old camp from the first film and this camp with the murders. Um, but Sean is like, nah, I doubt there's anything to do with that. But he's like, I almost went to that camp. And then he said he remembers Peter uh, and how the unknown girl, because I don't remember her name, she was the angel of death. Yeah. Angel of death. Angela. There we go. <laughs> so Angela uh, is... In the, uh, she's in the cabin. She's playing a bit of guitar and she's singing Kumbaya. She is. Um, she, is it this scene? Oh, no, it's not. No, excuse me. Demi comes in and tells Angela she's been calling around. I don't know why a camper is doing this, but she's been calling around all of the parents of the missing campers. The ones that have all gone home. Well, she said she was bored and she wanted to <laughs> talk to some of the campers that had gone home on the telephone. And she'd called them all up, and all their parents said that they were still at camp. Yeah. So she's she's looking in the mirror, and she's brushing her hair whilst talking this absolute shite for ages. <laughs> and it's quite a funny scene, because Angela's going throughout the cabin trying to find stuff to kill her with. <laughs> yeah. So she, like, picks up her coat hanger, and she's like, nah. And then she <laughs> looks... And what what does she eventually... She strangles her with a, with a guitar, guitar string. string. Yeah, I'm very in the end. <laughs> Um, the tip patroller planning some outside though, and Angela walks out and they tip water on her. It's <laughs> completely random. Like that. <laughs> so Angela walks out, gets this bucket of water over her head, and then goes back in. She's, of course, she's fuming. With yeah. Hormone. Another girl goes in. Uh, is this that Leah, the snitch girl? Yes. Yeah, so she goes in and Angela stabs her to death. Yeah, so Leah's like, What did I do? And Angela's like, You're going to tell, and then stabs her to death. <laughs> After this, Sean and Molly have a kiss, and Molly comes into the cabin and finds all the girls missing, and Angela has a dream, uh, which is basically previously on Sleepaway Camp 2. 
It's just a flashback of everything that's happened so far in the film. Yeah. Um, one thing just to point out in that... Um, so when Molly's talking to Angela, Angela is wearing the most fucking hideous nightgown <laughs> I've seen. Yeah. It's not pleasant. Awful. Yeah. She she looks... She's having a bit of uh, Margaret White, I think, from Carrie. <laughs> People have, like, really... With her hair down as well. Yeah. She's serving 82-year-old. Yeah. That's what she's serving. Yeah, so she she goes to sleep, uh, Angela does, and she has a dream, and it's everything that's happened so far in the film. With a blue tint. With a blue tint. All of the important moments. And in slow-mo. Yeah. Slow-mo, I'm a happy camper. Slow-mo version of the happy camper song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the next day, she's fired. Yeah, so she's dismissed by TC and Uncle John. Yeah. For all the campers that she sent home. You'd think TC or Uncle John would have maybe followed up on that. Yeah, you know, Demi's there calling up all the parents and everything for a quick chat. Whereas yeah. TC and Uncle John didn't even bother. you think they would have contacted them just to discuss what happened. Yeah. But no, apparently not. Yeah, Molly tells Sean about this because uh, Angela's upset. And they want to help her out and go and talk to her. So... They uh, they go up to uh, the abandoned cabin, which is where uh, she's sitting on her own. Uh, Molly has a chat with her. And uh, TC, she's, she tells uh, Molly that TC reminds her of a boy she used to know. Yeah, which one? Apparently she drowned this boy, so... Oh, hey, Barbara, yeah. Bob. Oh, okay, <laughs> yes, of course. Hey, Barbara, That Rebob. guy. Yeah, that's so Sean's having a nose around the uh, abandoned cabin. Yeah, finds a way to get in. And he finds all the corpses. Yes. Angela beats him with a stick or a branch or whatever it is. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Knocks him out. Ties him and Molly up. Yeah. In the cabin. Um, tries to force them to eat some really manky looking food. Yeah, like peas. Yeah. <laughs> TC goes to find them and ends up at the abandoned cabin. Yeah, get some battery acid to the face from his car battery yes. that went missing. <laughs> she knew that would come in handy. <laughs> so, Sean then realises, after seeing this, that she's Angela Baker. He remembers the name, yeah. at last. The one thing that could have solved everything in yeah, this film. it's true. He finally remembers her name. And then he says, I should call you Peter. Like, no, no, you shouldn't <laughs> Um, and she says that she did her time. She had two years of therapy. She had pills, electroshock, and the operation. And then uh, Sean reveals that his dad arrested her back in the day. Arrested. Sean gets it? a little testy, doesn't he? A little yeah. rude. So she has to uh, cut his head off. Yeah, she decapitates <laughs> him <laughs> casually. Um, and then after we get a, a fade to black, like it's uh, an ad break on the TV show. Yeah. Uh, we are shown that Sean's head has now been put inside the TV. Yes, Angela's talking to Molly and she says, Speak of the devil, look who's on TV. And it's Sean's <laughs> head in the TV set. Uh, and and that's, pretty, that's a pretty good looking... Um, uh, fake head. Fake head, yeah. actually. Yeah. Sometimes in films, fake heads look terrible. Yeah. I'm looking at you Friday the 13th, part three. <laughs> Um, but this one, pretty good. It yeah. very much looks like him. Yeah, all, all of the uh, special effects in this film are really good. Um, <laughs> this is where someone tells us that it's, that wasn't actually a fake head, it's his real um, head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the practical effects are really good. They're pretty good. Um, you know, for such a low-budget film. Yeah. It, it is really good. Yeah. And everything's really graphic in this one. Not so much in the third film, which I'll explain why when we get to it, but in this one it is really graphic. 
Um, so, yeah, Sean sends in the TV. Uh, Angela leaves to drag Matt or Ralph or whatever his name is, his corpse, <laughs> to the cabin. Yes. And Molly escapes. She knocks Angela out of a stick, of course. Yeah. And Angela chases her through the woods. They have a bit of a scrap. She runs away again. And Molly falls over and hits her, he- hits her head on a rock. Yeah, she falls off a ledge. So yeah. Some sort of ledge. It, d- it doesn't really show how high up it was. No. But she hits her head off a rock and we assume she's dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, Diane finds all the other corpses. Everybody's dead now. She's killed everyone. So Charlie and Emilio are dead. Yeah, so the tip patrol at, is ahead. They're, they're at the window, looking like they're peeping toms. Yeah. And then she finds them and they've just been stabbed, haven't they? Also. Yeah. Uncle John's had his hands cut off. Yeah. Yeah, they're all gone. And uh, then Diane gets killed as well. And uh, Angela says, good night, campers, and leaves the room. But Molly survives. She's awake. She's awake, and Angela has hitchhiked uh, away out of the camp with a lady uh, who she thanks for picking her up, and the lady says, no skin off my tits. Yeah, she's <laughs> very southern. She's you too... can tell because she's got a cowboy hat on. Yeah, she says she's too dumb to drink and too fat to fuck. Yeah. So, <laughs> Angela kills her, of course. Yeah. And uh, Molly makes her way out to her main road, flags down the car, and it happens to be Angela wearing a cowboy hat. Howdy, partner. And after the credits, even more groundbreaking uh, stuff from this film, uh, as well as its meta humour, we get a post credit scene. Way before the MCU. It's uh, Sleepaway Camp Cinematic Universe. Well, what's the, what is the scene? It's her popping her head around the door saying, Good night, campers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's not really shown if Molly's killed or not. We just end on a zoom in on her face. Yeah. Um, we assume she's killed. But in the next film, they say... 19, um, 19 dead. Yeah. dead. So, yeah. uh, presumably, Molly she would be killed as well. Yeah. So, yeah, Sleepaway Camp 2. Oh, a fun film. It's fun. It's funny. Um, it's... It, it's different enough from normal slashes with its humour. Yeah. I mean, all the rest of it's pure, just normal slasher film. Yeah, it's 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 always stood out for me. It is a, it's a great film. Really good sequel. It's over the top. Got some great inventive death sequences. Yeah. Uh, the practical effects are good. Mm-hmm. They're very good in some places. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really good, fun film to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's got everything you know you could possibly want from a slasher film. Yeah, yeah. So, on to Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland, also known, of course, as Nightmare Vacation 3. Yes. Released in 1989, same director, same budget. And this is definitely a step down, I'd say. Yeah, so, I don't know if I'm... It's one of your trivia pieces, I think it is, but... um. When they were filming Sleepaway Camp 2, mm. the director thought that it was going so well mm-hmm. and it was really working out and he thought, do you know what, we could have a hit on our hands. He decided that he would film Sleepaway Camp 3 yeah, directly is, afterwards. It is in the trivia. So he wrote Sleepaway Camp 3 during the production of Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, so, I think because he wrote it uh-huh. as he was doing Sleepaway Camp 2, yeah, it feels 
r- rushed. Yeah. The the screenplay was probably rushed. Yeah. There's not really any developed characters in this film. No. And every single character that's not Angela feels like a villain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think he took aspects of Sleepaway Camp 2 mm. that he felt uh, would be the successful parts. So, like, the humour. Yeah. The, um, the campers, you know, a, a character like Ali. Yeah. You know, so the, the naughty campers, the idea that Angela is punishing people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that grand slasher film way. Yeah. Uh, for having sex or doing drugs and, and, and all that business. Yeah. And just amplified it. But amplified it on a rushed screenplay that we should yeah, be I, I, you know it's not awful a lower budget I mean yeah. obviously the, the budget was d- dwindling by the end yeah they only had one weekend for pre-production yeah as well. um, it's, it's not completely awful it's, it's not got terrible. its moments it's um, not terrible some of the trivia license the license plate numbers on the truck at the start correspond with the house numbers in a nightmare on Elm Street so more of these little inside uh, nods and jokes uh, of a slasher films mm-hmm. you know continued from the second film uh, the same set was used for both films. It was a YMCA youth camp in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, most characters in this film were named after characters from West Side Story, The Brady Bunch, and The Munsters. <laughs> yeah. What a weird mix. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> it is a weird mix, to be fair. The uh, the subtitle Teenage Wasteland uh, was taken from lyrics from the director's favourite song, Baba O'Reilly by The Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy Griffith... Is she related to Melanie? Sister of Melanie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she originally auditioned for Angela, um, but obviously for Sleepaway Camp 2, before being cast as Marsha in this. Yeah. Um, I don't think she would work as... She's got a good girl face. Yeah. She, yeah. she has. She's got a good girl face. I'm not sure if it would have worked for Angela. As we find by the end, though, she is also unlikable. Yeah, she's um, <laughs> her and Mark Oliver who have a romance in the film they had a brief romance during filming didn't last very long but you know uh, this was initially given an X by the MPAA so this is obviously uh, this is what shocked me about how graphic Sleepaway Camp 2 was because this was way into the whole the MPAA cut, you know coming down on slasher films mm. and Friday the 13th sequels being cut here there and everywhere to you know, not have any sort of gore. Um, this film is very much the same as uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 in that all of its death scenes were cut down because of the MPAA. Apparently, uh, the woman who screened this film uh, to give its rating, she became physically ill after the flagpole scene. She flew, She threw up. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for this bullshit. I it's uh what one of the good things is eighty eight films released both of these in their slasher classes collection and on the extras, the deleted scenes on there uh show the original death scenes before they were cut by the MPAA mm. and I've seen before and they are really graphic even more graphic than the second film you know it, it is really detailed and the the practical effects in the original versions look so good um, which is a shame that it got cut down and it's not been released uncut since then and there are only just special features on the Blu Ray. Would it need... Uh, I haven't seen them, um, but are they really p- poor quality? 
They are exactly poor quality. Issue. They could probably restore them. I mean, they restored the rest of the film. Yeah. Yeah, but the rest of the film wouldn't need that much restoration. No, no but uh, even the... Um, I mean, that was one of the problems with the deaths in this film, is that, you know, it cuts away very much at the last minute of all of them. Yeah. Because of the MPA. Does it not in the flagpole scene? Uh, no, no, it shows you a head going onto the floor. Does it? A bit yeah. like uh, Midsummer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Oh. Yeah, really graphic. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I was a bit like, well, that woman's clearly a massive wimp. I was like, it's not even that bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all of them, the lawnmower scene, everything. It's all really, really uh, detailed. Mm. The original script uh, contained more elaborate deaths, including Herman getting a flaming poker to his crotch, which would have been so much better. Uh, the news team oh, yeah, uh, dying in a massive explosion. And Angela being mauled to death by a dog. Okay. <laughs> but of course, the budget did not allow yes. for that to happen. So getting into it, after murdering a young girl, Angela Baker assumes her identity and travels to Camp New Horizons, built on the grounds of the camp she terrorised the year before, and starts killing again. And we start with a girl with big hair, waking up, and uh, it's the day she's going to camp, and we notice because she tells us about five times. Okay, let's just get this out of the way, because it's throughout the whole film. <laughs> this fucking wig. <laughs> Awful. Does she scalp her and steal this hair, or is it a wig for this girl? She looks like she. So when this girl's killed, it looks like she's still got the hair. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming both actresses are wearing a wig. I would certainly hope <laughs> so, because it doesn't even look like real hair. No. It looks like somebody's taken a shaggy carpet. <laughs> And formed a wig out of it. It looks awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. It looks terrible. And the thing is, Angelo has this hair throughout the whole fucking film. Poor Pamela Springsteen. Um, because it looks like shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess she's got to be in disguise, but it is pretty bad. If the budget ran out, there must have been a little bit in there to be able to uh, buy a decent wig yeah. for him. And, uh, and why does she need the same hair as that girl? <laughs> yeah, this whole open sequence makes no sense. It doesn't. Like, this girl has no connection to Angela at all. But somehow she picks this girl. Um, and, of course, the artwork for the Blu-ray case with uh, Connie Thingy Bobby. What's her name again? Uh, Connie Craig. Uh, Connie Craig does not wear this wig. No. <laughs> So, yeah, so Angela seemingly knows that this girl is going to this camp. Somehow. Somehow. So she decides she's going to kill her and take her place. Before she does, we see this girl take her top off. Nudity within the first five minutes. And what, what, she, she got uh, tattooed. She's got milk above one boob and shake above the other boob. Uh, uh, Mum's horrible. <laughs> she is. Yeah, she is basically horrible yeah she, she has an argument with her uh, she's got a man there with her and she, she basically just keeps repeating herself saying I'm going to camp today no one cares I'm going to camp today so yeah she leaves house in denim, denim on denim yeah. and gets run over by a massive bin lorry yes she does guess who's driving that bin lorry it's Angela somehow how does she get this yeah. so she steals her hair and her jacket Nothing else. Well, her ID, of course. No. What? She doesn't, though. Later on, the ID is Angela's face. Is it? 
That's what makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, it's Angela's face on a supposedly this girl's ID, because it doesn't say Angela on there, does no, it? No, no. So it's Angela's face on this ID with this girl's hair. It's very elaborate, isn't it? It's like, she didn't need that hair. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have to look at it for an hour and a fucking half. No. It wasn't necessary. She uh, <laughs> she throws the girl in the back of the uh, lorry and crushes her with whatever they used to get rid of rubbish in bin lorries. Well, that was called. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, she gets picked up by the Camp New Horizons minibus and when it drives off, there's graffiti on the wall saying Angela is back. <laughs> I'm assuming Angela did that graffiti. I don't would, know which I why. Feel, which I feel would be against her morals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big graffiti, Angela is back. We get a title card, opening credits with another great theme song. He must have really thought that the second film was going to be a huge success. Oh, no, yeah. To, to, to warrant that Angela is back. Thing. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we get another theme song, don't we? Oh, another banger. Methods of Madness by Obsession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we show, we're show we showing a news reporter. Not quite Gail Weathers. No. But, you know. We didn't mention the credit song for part two. Oh, the end credit song. Desperate to Survive. Yeah. Who's that by? I can't remember now. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, Desperate to Survive is another banger. Great. Did you get it written down here? No, I didn't. No? I'm so sorry. Um, so this news reporter is uh, reporting on the uh, on the new camp that's opening. She interviews Herman and Lily, who are in charge of the camp, an old couple. Yeah, so Herman's played by Michael J. Pollard, um, who was an Oscar-nominated oh, in the late 60s uh, for Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, um, certainly not Oscar-nominated for this. No, he certainly wasn't, but he... he Spoiler alert, he's not actually in the film much. So I Thank think, God. I think he still cost a fair bit to, <laughs> to Yeah, hire. He is. But it's weird seeing him in the... It's... So we've mentioned it before. Seeing, you know, um, these old Hollywood stars, Oscar nominees, mm. Oscar winners, in these horror films isn't new. No. You know, it happened a lot during the 70s and, and, and 80s. Um, but to see one in such a cheapo... If he was in this part two, I could understand. Yeah. But this part three, I'm a bit like, you know, was he that desperate? <laughs> because I, I don't see, I don't see the director going, no. do you know who we need in this role? Michael J. Pollard. No. You know, when they could have gotten someone who was maybe a little cheaper to do it yeah it's just weird it's weird seeing him in this it, well it's even weirder once he gets to a certain of scene of course um, the news reporter introduces all the kids and uh, Angela is now going by the name of Maria the person whose identity she stole yeah. uh, Cindy's a massive racist I'm, I'm going to put it out there I know I exaggerate a lot but I'm going to put it out there and say Cindy is the number one most unlikable character in slasher history she is a fucking bitch she is, yeah. Well, she's meant to be, though, isn't she? Oh, but this is over the top. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. She is horrible. She is one of the most horrible characters I've ever seen. She is such a massive racist, and she has no problem hiding it. Yeah. She's, her favourite film is Gone with the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Um, she loves country music, doesn't she? 
Well, no, she doesn't love country music, but she'd rather listen to country music than rap music. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, but that's it. She's a caricature of the spoiled, rich southern girl um, who's a bigot. Yeah, and Angela lists it all off when she kills her. It's very justified. I was like, yeah, yeah fair play. Um, <laughs> the news reporter reports on the murders, which Lily is not happy about, is she? No. The violent sows. Yeah, according to the report of violent sows, but Lily thinks it's going to ruin her chances of yeah. a successful camp. Um, the news reporter asks Angela where she can score some cocaine, <laughs> because she looks a little older than the other girls. She does. There are a number of jokes. Yeah, a recurring theme through the film. So, Angela sets up uh, a bag of fake cocaine. (laughs) So, it's like... um, Well, I thought it was like rat poison. Um, Maybe. Well, it's some sort of cleaning powder. Yeah. Because uh, Angela goes, it'll really clean your pipes. (laughs) Yeah. So, I think it's like... What we like, Mister Muscle, put stuff that you put down the plug hole. She gives it to uh, to this news reporter. She sniffs it on her way out. She's like the news reporter's like, oh wow, that's a huge bag, very generous. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, you're my favorite reporter. I'm here, to, happy to help. And then a reporter still manages to snort the whole bag. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's like, if it was actual real cocaine, might have done her in anyway. <laughs> Snorting this massive bag of coke. Yeah, she dies. See what she does, yeah. Mm. Spits blood out and dies out yeah. of the car. Uh, everyone's really... Never, never to be found. No, never, never to be found. It's not mentioned no, over no. the next few days. Um, so all of the campers gather together in the uh, breakfast hall. Yeah, breakfast. And uh, everyone's incredibly rude to Bobby. Yeah, so Bobby Stack is a bit of a goofy football jock. Yeah. Um, and unlike a few characters in this film, they, they trick you into thinking he's likeable because he's the, he's the loner, he's pushed out. As we find out later on, he is certainly not likeable. He uh, gets a homophobic slur shouted at him, he gets a knife pulled out on him. Yeah. Um, and uh, Angela lets him sit with her in the end. He's a bit like how I imagined uh, like George Bush... Junior, to me, mm. when he was uh, at that age. Which we'll find out yeah. why. <laughs> Which is, yeah, so it's actually quite accurate. Um, yeah, he's a wannabe politician, uh, basically. So uh, that comes back a little later on. Lily gives a speech about camping in the woods, and uh, Lily asks if anybody knows the Happy Camper song, and who knows the Happy Camper song? Angela. She doesn't get Maria. to sing it, though. No. Um, because we find out there's a third counsellor and his name is Barney. Officer Barney. He's yes. a police officer. He's a cop. I wonder where that's going. <laughs> uh, a fight breaks out. Oh, yeah. Tony and Riff have a very 80s fight. Yeah. I struggle to keep up with the names. There's a lot of names and a lot of things going on. But it's because Riff burps a few yeah. times. So Riff is nervous, I think, because the police officer's there. So he keeps on burping. Tony takes exception to this and they have a very 80s fight. They do. Which is a lot of shoving, a lot of um, sort of missed punches. Yeah. And uh, what every 80s fight needs, a flick knife. Of course. Of course. course. Now, Riff, uh, again, you know, he's another unlikable character. But... (laughs) Couldn't help but notice how Riff is 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 a is, is a black male character, and um, I couldn't help but notice how 
both times there's an argument involving him, he gets told off first yeah. rather than the person who initiates it. I mean, yeah, he was burping, but, you know, Tony was the one who started fighting with him. But the cop went straight to Riff. Of course. Straight to him and had a go at him about it. The the idea, so I don't think we explained, the, the idea of this camp for this year is that half the campers are from um, lower class backgrounds. Yeah. Um, where, you know, uh, whereas the other half are from rich families. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an experiment in, what's an experiment in? Experiment in sharing, sharing. Or, or something, yeah. like, some shit like that. And that's the whole idea. So you get some stereotypes. Let, let's be fair yeah, here. Yeah. Let's be fair. So you get these stereotypes. Um, and Riff is a stereotype of, you know, an African-American youth that listens to rap music. Yeah. Um, that's aggressive... Um, I mean, he, he pulls out a flick knife many times and then pulls out a gun later on. Mm-hmm. So it's a little iffy there. Yeah. Um, in regards to the stereotypes that I'm I'm not sure if they're making fun of the stereotypes or just using the stereotypes. Yeah, you know it's what hard I mean? to tell. It's it would be tell. in a comedy as well, like the second film. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, the girls are getting ready, and we get more nudity, and they find a uh, a wall with fuck Angela Baker graffitied on it. Some more Angela Baker graffiti. Like, who did that? Who, who I don't know. Like, does somebody just go break into the camp to graffiti fuck Angela? Yeah. I was going to say Lansbury then. Angela <laughs> <laughs> Baker. Um... So, in the next scene, Barney during the sorry one of one of my actually uh, one of the funniest moments from the film, um the the girl uh, I think her name was Arab, yeah uh but she she was a, a, an Asian American girl, um she says to Angela as they're getting changed, Angela takes off her top, <laughs> and she's wearing um. I don't know how to describe it almost like a corset yeah isn't it. Uh, and she goes to Angela, how do you get that off with a can opener? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it doesn't add, it doesn't help with uh, how, how old uh, Angela looks, does it? No. no. Um, Barney wants to see Angela's ID and, <laughs> and he says to her, wow, looks like you've been through a lot in 17 years. Because <laughs> she's pretending to be 17 years old. But then, if she's 21 in the second film, she's only actually 22 in this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was 22, I got ID'd well, This is the one where she's meant to be 21, so she was 20 in the last one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, she. Um, no offence to Pamela, but I don't think she was 20 or 21 no. in either of these films. The groups are assigned... Um, whilst Snowboy, uh, a Billy Idol type, is uh, <laughs> he's spray painting the word reception on a reception sign. Yeah. <laughs> he's got this thing where he's going around spray painting things. Like he spray paints, um, uh, what's his name? The politician guy. Bob, Bobby. Uh, Bobby. He spray paints his map. But he, he, there's no purpose to the things he's spraying on. It's not really, it's not like he's even trying to vandalise things. It's just, it's not art or anything. It's just. Spraying a bit of orange paint on That's things. That's 80s punk in a film, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Barney reveals uh, to his group once they go off that Sean from the second film is his son. <gasps> like, dun, it's a dun, massive dun. reveal. You know, it's obvious from the get go. Um, so uh, yeah, so he's going there to help out other kids, and uh, he, he's really nice to them all. And uh, Snowboy's spray painting uh, a tree now, just a bit of a, a circle. On the... Yeah. So they've separate. So for the first three days of camp, they separate into three different yeah. camps where they all go camping. So you have uh, Officer Bobby's group. You Barney. have sorry, Officer Barney. Barney. Yeah. Oh, I said Bobby. I meant Officer Barney. Officer Barney's group. Then you have uh, Herman's group, and then you have Lily's group. So Angela's part of Herman's group. Yeah. Um. So Angela's done chopping some wood, and she's done it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Herman says, "Where did you learn to chop wood like that?" She says, "Oh, I've never chopped wood before, but I've chopped other things." <laughs> I didn't think she chopped in the other two films. She did chop Sean's head off. Oh, of course she did. Um, but she, uh, but yeah, but Herman tells uh, tells Snowboy to go back to the camp, and he calls him a dildo. He's like, what a dildo! Well, then they're made to go fishing. He's got to go fishing. Yeah, he's, yeah. What a dildo! What a dildo! Um, we so, find out. So Angela's in the group, Herman's group, yeah. with Snowboy, Riff, mm-hmm. um, Jan, Jan, Jan. Jan, Jan. And, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Bobby. Bobby as well. And Bobby. Yeah, he's in that group. Oh, of course Bobby yeah. is. Yes, of course. So, um, we find out that Herman has a thing going on with Jan, and most of his dialogue is him saying Sweet Pea. Oh, yeah. It's so uncomfortable. It's well so creepy. creepy. It's really Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. So, the, the other three are made to go off on a... Uh, four made to go off fishing yeah and uh herman stays at the camp with jan and they start getting it on don't they yeah he tells her daddy's not gonna make her go fishing yeah when uh, when the other when the other guys go fishing uh we find out it's saturday the 14th yeah and they find the jason mask from sleepaway camp 2 whilst fishing oh yeah they do <laughs> yeah um the other guy it's not riff Oh, is it not? It's not Riff, no. I didn't get this guy's name, but he uh, he puts a firecracker... He has an obsession with firecrackers, so he puts one in a fish's mouth, which Angela is not a fan of. No. Yeah, there's this whole thing at the beginning where they keep throwing firecrackers yeah. at Angela. Yeah, I think they must have just had some lying around. always fuming about um, it. So, uh, Sweet Pea Jan and Herman are getting it on in the tent, and, oh my God, the actress who plays Jan looks... Just as uncomfortable as I was watching oh, it. Don't. You could tell she did. She was not having fun. No. Um, but Herman on the other side, on the other hand, wow, he's uh, proper going for it, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so they're getting it on, and Angela watches, asks him to go outside, and then she beats him to death with a stick. Of course. This film has the most stick yeah. deaths, doesn't well, it? Well, she kills him by shoving it in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then she kills Jan in the same fashion. <laughs> yeah. And what does she say while she's dragging Jan into the tent? Good thing you're dead. Your boobs would have been sagging like no one's business. <laughs> <laughs> in a few years, your boobs would have been sagging, sagging like, like no, no one's, one's business. business. <laughs> Why would she even say that? 
<laughs> probably one of my favourite one-liners out of the two films. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the campers are winding Angela up, throwing firecrackers at her again. Yeah. <laughs> and what does... Uh, is it Snowman? Snowball? Snowboy. Snowboy. God's sake. Uh, what does he say? What does he say? Party all night. Teenage <laughs> wasteland. <laughs> so... <laughs> They don't party all night because when they go to sleep, exactly. When they go to sleep quite early, might I add? Yeah. Angela puts a firecracker in the firecracker kid's mouth, and his face explodes. It does. Again, more detailed in the deleted scenes, uh, and then she takes another kid, puts him in a tent, and sets it on fire. It does. So no, it wasn't was... Bobby. Again, we're getting these kids mixed up. Oh, it wasn't Bobby? It was just this random kid. I don't know his name. So confusing. Um, but yeah, she shoves him in the tent, sets it on fire, and uh, then she goes to Lily's camp the next day, and uh, says that Herman sent her there, and uh, Arab has to go to the other camp, and uh, she takes her there, shows her the corpses of uh, the other guys, and uh, she decapitates her. Yes, she does. Yeah. There was a weird looking decapitation. It was, there. yeah. Again, it cuts again. It cuts off the very the last way minute. It, the way it's cut is, yeah. is weird. It makes it look really strange. So, Lily uh, wants to do some sharing time, and fuck me, Lily's also very unlikable. She's so annoying. <laughs> She's so That's lazy. The point, though. She's yeah. cooking cooking a steak, but making everyone else go and get some fish. It's a film of caricatures, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no character development, but you know who they are. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of it's based on stereotypes. Yeah, basically. It's difficult. Um, so they want to do some sharing time. They ask everyone's favourite movies. Angela's favourite movie is E.T. <laughs> yeah, don't know why. Bobby's favourite movie are films... Uh, favourite movies, should I say, are films that make America look great. Like, uh, was it Grandma Free, he said, or something like that? Rambo 3. Oh, Ra- said Grandma Free. Grandma 3. Grandma Free. I don't know what that film is. Don't Rambo look it up. 3. Rambo Free. Um, <laughs> so, Rambo Free is a film that makes America look great. Cindy's favourite film. Cindy, our massive racist. Do you know who Bobby is? Who? Donald Trump. He is Donald he's Trump. He's got hair as well. He's, he's the origina- original Donald, yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah, Rich Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Favourite film's Rambo 3. Yeah. Um, Cindy's a massive racist, of course, as we've already mentioned. Her favourite films are Gone with the Wind and The Care Bears. No, Care Bears aren't racist, by the way. Gone with the Wind is very racist. <laughs> and Riff's favourite films are films with tits and blood. Oh, well, they'd love <laughs> these two films. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Cindy just goes completely over the top, drops the N-word. She does. Um, straight to Riff's face. Uh, he, yeah, they she's get just into it. He, horrible. He, he, like, throws his breakfast dinner. Yeah, face but of stuff. course, as soon as she says this, Riff calls her a bitch, and straight away Lily's like, "How dare you speak to her like that?" She has a go at him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it just shows that the, the counselors, Lillian and Hermana, aren't in it for what they say no. they're in it for. And once she sends Riff off and uh, Cindy Storms off, uh, she says to Angela, what's your favourite colour? What's the favourite colour? Blood red. <laughs> As is Bobby's. Bobby's favourite colour too. Yeah. So they play a trust game. Um, oh, before this, Barney uh, tells all the kids in his camp that no one knows what happened to Angela, but he describes her, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, five foot eight. She's got British brown hair. 
Or was it British brunette? Reddish. Br- br- oh, reddish. Okay. Oh my God, clean your ears. I man. know, yeah. Um, British brunette. <laughs> I was going to say, what what's British mean? brown hair? Um, that was one of my points I was going to raise. <laughs> so um, he says that she's 21 years old. Sure, No Jan. wonder no one clicked on it, it's her. I was going to say, sure, Jan. <laughs> so uh, Angela, uh, the next thing, yeah, they did the trust game. Uh, where one person is blindfolded and the other takes them around, le- leads yeah. them around the woods. And uh, Angela is stuck with Cindy and we finally get Cindy getting what she deserves. She takes her to a uh, flagpole. Cindy's still being racist, still b- dropping the N-word. Um, she also dares to smoke a cigarette. She also well. has a cigarette. Angela is fuming back. <laughs> she pranks Angela with a frog. Because everyone wants to prank Angela in this film. I know. Angela's going through such a rough time. I felt so sorry she for is her. She actually, I do feel bad for she her. She only went there to kill a few kids, and this is what <laughs> she gets. Uh, like I said, she's the protagonist of this film for me. I, I genuinely felt sorry for her. Um, she gets pranked with a frog. Angela swaps with her, puts the blindfold on her, and she asks her, Are you a cheerleader? Yep. Are you a virgin? No. Do you take drugs? Yes. But she should probably cut back on them, apparently. Um, say that she did she doesn't everyone yeah she said but then she said oh she probably cut back on them oh and uh, Angela then takes her to a flagpole strings her to it takes her drags her to the top super strong Angela super strong she doesn't look like she could actually do this to be fair takes her all the way to the top and drops her crushing her head when she hits the floor yes Angela then goes to the kitchen as she's sort of Pulling her up, mm. she reels off all the issues. You yeah, know, yeah. Calls her a bigger, bigger. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Killer. Yeah. So she goes to the kitchen and she has flashbacks to when this isn't in the second film. This is another time where she's wearing a number one badge and she's singing the Happy Camper song. So what? What they do is so they've refilmed the Happy Camper song from the second film. Yeah, with different people. With different people. But this is her having a flashback that never really happened. No. So she's delusional and thinks that in the second film, during the Happy Camper song, everybody loved it. Yeah. And she was having a wonderful time. Um, which isn't necessarily what no. happened. So that's what the gist of what I got from that. Uh, after this, there's a new trust game where Angela and Bobby are tied together and made to go fishing. So it's tying up. Yeah, there's a lot of tying up in this film. Well, um, this is after they realised that Lily ate the steak. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Lily's allergic to fish mm. apparently. So they go fishing, and uh, a recurring theme in these summer camps lasher films. Um, but first of all, uh, Bobby tells her that he likes her, and uh, he gets turned on by being tied up next to her, and then he forces himself on her. Yes. Why is this such a thing in some account slasher films? Because they need a reason to kill these people off. But oh my god, and, and but he goes from being this loner, this shy loner, and everything to all of a sudden this obnoxious, rapey. Well, that's yeah, politician that, that's the caricature, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's um, the, the the stereotype. But again, it just makes you feel sorry for Angela. Yeah. The killer. <laughs> So, um, he forces himself on her and she says, uh, meet her, meet her at the, uh, 
at a cabin later that night. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So she she says, uh, well, Bobby says, I thought your type always wanted it. Mm. Thinking it just because she's from a, a low-income household. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she says, tells him to keep it down. Yeah. Talking about his uh, fishing rod. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then I'll meet you later. Because he's into uh, being tied up. He quite likes it, actually. Angela brings the fish back. And... Uh... Lily wants Riff to f- clean the fish, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do anything other than listen to his rap music, because exactly. that's a stereotype. Uh, Angela asks him to clean it, and he points a gun at her. Yes. So after this, uh, Marsha and Tony have a backstory chat, much like uh, Molly and Sean in the, fir- in the second film. Well, they have a lovely heart-to-heart yeah. and a make-out session in the woods. This is like nearly an hour into the film, and now we're being told, essentially, that these are the people we have to like. Yes. These are, this is our final girl and, and her uh, love interest. Yeah, but what do they do that they're not meant to do the in kiss. the slasher film? They do more than that, my dear. Do they? She pulls out a condom. Oh, she does, yeah. She, she pulls will out. not do anything without a condom. Yeah. So they're getting up to more in yeah. the woods than we thought. Mm-hmm. Angela wants to play the blindfold game with Lily. Uh, so she takes her out into the woods and pushes her into bin bags. We found out Lily's got a holiday plan now, hasn't she? Yeah, so Lily's got a holiday plan uh, with the money she's getting from the camp. Yeah. So the government are subsidising the poor students, uh, campers, and then the rich... Campers are getting paid by their uh, um, parents. Yeah. Um, but she's trying to cut costs so she can afford a holiday. Yeah. One way she does that is by burying her rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, so Angela chucks her in yeah. to the this big hole with all the rubbish in and starts burying her up to her neck. Yeah, which is definitely... It must be a, a nod to Motel How. Uh, is something that happens in that? Oh, God, yeah. And of course, Heather's, isn't it? Yes, um, Heather's. Yeah. So, yeah, she... she... Heather's came out after this. Oh, okay. Or the same year as this, I believe. So, uh, yeah, she buries her up to her head and runs her over with a lawnmower. Yes. But she doesn't even lo- run her over. She runs the lawnmower up to her and then puts it on her head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a great scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she kills her. And after this... Uh, she oh she's singing the happy camper song whilst burying her. She is yeah. Need to mention, <laughs> this lady is so lazy. She, I know she had plenty of opportunity yeah. to get out, but she's she, like, oh, help she, me. she tells her. By the way, your husband falls around. That's true. Um, <laughs> after this, she goes to meet Bobby, who uh, puts his hand over her and says, "Guess who?" Much like the first film, she doesn't guess Burt Reynolds this no. time. No, she just says Bobby. Yes. She ties into the tree and he says, this is like something from one of those dirty magazines, Bondage Camp. He says, don't tell anyone or I'll lose an election one day. And she says, thank God there'll be one uh, one less idiot in politics. Yeah. In politics. 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 Uh, he says, I respect you. And then goes on to say, when do we screw? Yeah. So she attaches rope to his arms, attaches to the car and drives off, pulling his arms off. It was that more graphic in yes. the deleted yeah. scenes. Riff is reading a dirty mag in the tent. Angela throws him a tape with what on it? With the Angela rap. Yeah. <laughs> Very much a Freddy Krueger thing. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, of course she beats him with uh, When stick. did she find the time to record this? I know, Angela yeah. She rap. recorded this rap um, and threw it into him. Threw so it, yeah. 
She beats him with a hammer, a stick, and finally a nail. Uh, so that's him dead. Yeah. Angela goes to Barney's group the next day and says she has to switch with Marsha. She pretends to fall over. She's taken to the kitchen for first aid and sends Marsha out to look at Lily because she's so lazy. So go and have a look at her. It's not a pretty sight. And uh, Marsha finds Lily without a head. Yes, in, in that deck chair. Still in the there. deck chair. <laughs> Marsha escapes and uh, this is when Barney has a big confrontation with her. And he says, how are you going to kill me? With a knife, a drill, a chainsaw, fire, battery acid? You're going to cut my head off like my son. She's like, no, a gun. And shoots him. Yeah. But again, he had plenty of chance to get away. Exactly. He could have smacked her. He just stands there. He had like a plank of wood in his hand. Yes. And he could have smacked her a couple of times. But no. And shoots him. It's his own fault. She kidnaps Marsha. And then she tells uh, the final three kids... Uh, that she, they've been asked to go to the cabin, doesn't she? Yeah, so it's Tony and two sort of throwaway yeah, characters. Yeah, two, two throwaway characters. Yeah. Uh, she gathers them together, she ties them up, and she says uh, she chose them, Barney's corpse, who was hanging from a tree, and says they're going to play a game of stay alive. And they have to find Marsha's, uh, they have to find Marsha in one of the three cabins, and uh, then they go away and live. Yeah, so they're tied together. They go through the cabins, finding find all the corpses. They finally find Marsha, but axes fall from the ceiling and yeah. kill the two that aren't Tony on yes. each side. Because they kill the two unimportant characters. Yes. So Angela comes in, and yeah, they probably had more uh, over the top deaths, but obviously yeah. budget. So there's like just an axe to there we go. Um, so Angela comes in, admits that she kind of fancied Tony and yeah. she's going to let them survive because she likes them. And Marsha reminds her of uh, Molly. Yeah. Marsha's not having this. And after the after she lets them go, Marsha attacks her with an axe. Yeah. And stabs her. And uh, we see Marsha and Tony in the police car. And Marsha reveals that... Even though they've been fooling around, she already has a boyfriend. It's true, yeah. It's Revealing awkward. that she... Plot twist, she's also unlikable. <laughs> awkward silence afterwards. Um, and Angela's been driven away in an ambulance and the ambulance drivers obviously know who she is and they're like, do you know what? She's still alive. We can kill her. We can get away with this. Mm-hmm. But they don't get chance because she kills them. With, yeah, with a massive needle. Yeah. Kills them. And... Uh... Yeah. Just doing business. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the ambulance driver's like, what's going on back there? Just taking care of business. So... And then we get Sleep Away by John Atlin playing over the credits. Is that a song from the first film? No, no, no. no. Oh, so I know that from this film then, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Sleep Away Camp 3. Again, rushed, full of unlikable characters. But at the same time, it is still a a fun slasher film. Yeah. Angela is great in it. Angela is the hero of the film. It did what happened to the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Where we, you know, uh, we were rooting for Angela. Yeah, pretty much. You know, the campers. Favourite kill from Sleepaway Camp 2? Ooh, a shitty camper and a shitty friend. I'd say mine would be uh, probably Sean's death because it's so random, just a random decapitation. And the head in the TV yeah. as well. Uh, and what about part three? Uh, oh, uh, lawnmower. I'd say uh, flagpole. 
Oh, okay. Oh, flagpole. Of course it's flagpole. Yeah, the lawnmower one is great. It's yeah. very close runner all. Yeah, but... of course it's flagpole. So, yeah, and of course, I think it goes without saying we prefer Sleepaway Camp 2 yes. over Sleepaway yeah. Camp 3. I would just, uh, I would say just watch them back to back. Yeah, and we'll like with, we with the first film as well. Yeah. Well, maybe not necessarily with the first film. It's not necessary. No. But I would say have a double bill, yeah. part two and three. So, next week we'll be back uh, with double episode week. Uh, where first we'll be discussing our final summer camp slashers, uh, Sleepaway Camp 4, The Survivor, barely a film from what I've heard, and Return to Sleepaway Camp, the fifth film. Yes. And on Friday, we'll be doing an original versus remake, where we'll be discussing cat people. Yeah, very, very highbrow cat yeah. people. And uh, apparently the, the remake's very sweaty, so keeping in, uh, you know, in fashion with summer. Uh, <laughs> Really? Yeah. Come on, I don't stretch. know, that's the only, only connection I've got. I was going to say, uh, uh, Talk to us about Sleepaway Camp on uh, and the sequels on social media, Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horror Court Trash on Twitter. We'll read the results of our poll out next week. And uh, if you are listening on Spotify, follow us if you're not already. Uh, rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, like a follow on Everything Else. I'm DeadeyeGaz92 on Letterboxd. Gaz Cruz ninety two on Twitter and Gazmo two hundred five on Instagram. I'm Chris Barker eight two three on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye.